All right, everybody, welcome to the third podcast episode of the Kids BJJ Made Easy podcast. Chris Rodriguez. Rob Pendergrass. Scott Pendergrass. And we are talking about something that is very near and dear to my heart because it really helped to kick off this whole Kids BJJ online, mm -hmm. uh, you know, training that I've been offering for what seven years. It's how yeah, we. It's how we met. It's how we met, right? I remember the day. Not to get off topic, but I remember the day I said, "Hey, Rob, I saw this thing about was, teaching I kids was, classes." I want to say, was was it what part of the year did you launch that? Do you remember what month it was? I think it was February of 2017. I was driving around somewhere. He called me. Hey, man, I saw this thing. I'm thinking <laughs> about getting it. What you think? Oh, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. The very first piece of content that I ever put out to build uh, an email list was the Steadi method of teaching, which was a huge part of the Perfect Kids Jiu-Jitsu class course, which is what you guys purchased and what kicked off our, you know, friendship, relationship, mentorship, and now business partners, which is pretty cool, right? So, how to teach the Perfect Kids BJJ technique. Um, when I was wanting to remove myself from the schedule, from not having to teach 30 plus kids classes uh, a week, I had to figure out a systemized way to be able to teach another instructor that they could implement that would give them a step-by-step -step on basically replicating how I taught, right? And that's really what the Steadi method is. Um, there are some instructors that are just naturally great instructors, yep. right? Yep. And there are other instructors that can become great if you give them the appropriate tools and resources. Exactly. And that's what STEDI is. And it's, and it's an acronym, and it's something that you guys have implemented in your school that has 200-plus kids. And honestly, it's, it's great for kids, but it's also great for adults, right? Keeps yeah. us on track. Exactly. And it keeps the instructor on track too, right? So, STEDI is an acronym, uh, S stands for show, T stands for teach, E stands for errors, D stands for dissect, E stands for engage, Y is yield, and E is N. And I just threw a bunch at you, but we're going to break down each and every one. If I could interject real quick, one thing, and you kind of, you guys have alluded to it, but I think one thing it provides for, you know, being able to hand off, we want consistency. Yes. So when we're not there, we want to, whoever our, our head's kid instructor is, we want to provide consistent, reliable results uh, as far as how uh, technique is delivered, how the class is being ran. It's very important, especially for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu folks, is that they want that high level of instruction. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't want to hand it off to someone who I think is going to teach poor technique. Yeah. in a way that I wouldn't teach it. So this is a systematic approach yeah. that's broken down step by step on exactly how I want you to teach it. Yeah, and you guys are, uh, Pendergrass Academy of Martial Arts is in North Carolina. You guys are in Tampa right now. Yeah. And, you know, I know when I first started Gracie Pack, before I, you know, uh, when I was teaching all of the classes, if I was gone, right, and I had a substitute teacher, an assistant instructor run class, I would come back and, you know, I'd talk to the parents, oh, how were class? And they say, oh, you know, they, they were good, but, you know, wasn't Coach Chris or, you know, we really missed you while you were gone. Right. And no offense to you, and it shouldn't be, but when you guys go back and you're back in North Carolina, you're not going to hear that from the parents because you have provided your team with a systematic way of running the, the classes, running the program that they don't miss you. 
And it's because they can do just a good, as good of a job. And I will say, we were alluding to uh, at the beginning of this conversation how, how we originally met you in the course that we purchased. And out of there was a ton of things. I mean, even at that time, I think we were nearly, we were pretty close to 100 kids already. I mean, yeah. It wasn't like we had just started or we wanted to start the kids program. We were already pretty successful compared to, to most BJJ schools in terms of a kids program. We were already well on the way. We we're like, well, it can't hurt to learn. Even if we pick up one golden nugget, that mm -hmm. would be worth it, you know? And uh, we, we learned a ton of things, but I would say, I don't know if you agree, the Steadeye method is that, to me, that was the most impactful. Or like, yeah. if you take one thing that, that would cause the most results, yeah. that was that's, me. That's the high leveraged activity exactly. that you pull that lever exactly. and you're gonna see some drastic results, right? right. Okay, awesome. So, you know, one of the, the things that typically happens when an instructor is teaching a move is they say, okay guys, today we're gonna learn the triangle. And then they go into like a five minute explanation, right? And man, long-winded instructors will kill a class, especially with kids, <laughs> right? You, you don't have very long attention spans with children. So while you might be able to get away with that in an adult program, you cannot get away with that in a kid's program. And when you just go on and on and on about the technique or about what they're going to learn, but you don't show them first, they have zero context, right? Like, okay, you're telling me I'm going to learn the triangle. I'm thinking of geometry class of mm -hmm. a triangle, right? So the first part of Steadeye is to just show the technique, right? And it's it might seem so simple, but it's often overlooked because instructors will go into a long dialogue about what they're going to show you without showing you first, right? right? So the first thing is to show it and you show it in real time because that gets the kids really excited, right? If you're doing like an Osotogari takedown and you show them how to, you know, toss, uh, you know, the, the person on the ground, they get really excited about it. Mm -hmm. So it's providing context, right? Yep. Okay. So that's step number one. You just show the technique. Right. Step number two is where you teach the technique, that is that is the T. And when you're teaching the technique, I think there's kind of two different styles of teaching a technique. There's the more detail-oriented, hitting every single little detail throughout the move. And then there's the more kind of like bullet-pointed um, technique. And, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of wrestling coaches. I've gone to a lot of wrestling tournaments. Uh, you know, we have kids that, you know, do very well in jujitsu. They want to join the, the high school wrestling team. And one of the things that I think often is lacking in wrestling is the detail-oriented aspect of breaking down a technique, right? They'll say, all right, get a collar tie, you grab here on the arm, you grab here on the, the, the head. And it's not very specific about, well, where exactly am I grabbing the arm? Where exactly am I grabbing the, the, the head? And I think a great instructor provides the most important details. And, and I think, you know, in jujitsu, like every little detail is important, right? So there is a balance with not overloading, especially beginners, right? right? Especially beginners, not overloading them with every minute detail. But during the teach uh, aspect of the Steadeye, this is where you're, you're teaching the technique, right. right? The next thing that we go into are errors. And, you know, there are certain errors, common mistakes that you're going to see students do over and over and over again when you are teaching a specific technique, mm -hmm. right? If you want them to get a gable grip, one of the most common mistakes is they grab that thumb, grab that thumb yeah, right? So we want to highlight what some of the typical errors are that we see so that they it's kind of front of mind for them, right? Oh, they, they, they said most people go like this. I want to make sure I'm going over the thumb, and I, we call that the meatball grip, yeah, right? Yeah, I think uh, well, that's, that's another point, too, too. But I think the 
the thing that um, most people miss is that that's a preframe. Yes. You're preframing the student. It could be a negative preframe. It could yeah. be a positive preframe. Sure. Right. Uh, but in this situation, you know, the preframe is like avoid this mistake. And exactly. we say, look, we have taught thousands of classes. Yeah. I know exactly. There's somebody in this class is going to do this. Not, you know, it's okay. It's going to happen, and that's all right, but let me just go ahead and show you what not to do. Exactly. Because otherwise, if you don't bring it up, you're going to go let them do it, and then you're going to have to stop the technique, and you have to bring them back yep. to show them this is what everybody's missing. And then on a side point, what you just said about the meatball grill. Yes. If it's in Christmas time around our place, we call this the snowball grill. Okay, yeah. We don't. <laughs> we ain't got no snow down here <laughs> right. in Florida. Well, so. We actually have snow sometimes, but just using power words like that to help the kids remember, mm -hmm. you know, they're not going to remember. Who's Dan Gable, Who's right? Dan Gable? Yeah, yeah. So, so how to make a meatball. That's a great point that we didn't bring up. I'm glad mm -hmm. you brought that up. You know, during the teaching session is, you know, having that language, right? Language is so important. When you go to a tournament and you say meatball grip or snowball grip or, you know, you give a very specific instruction, it, it, it's not going to click if it's not the language that you're using right. in class. So we want to try to use those power words when we're when we're in the teaching portion, right? And it's important for kids. Kids can relate to that. Yes. Kids like these silly candy cane, candy cane, candy cane grip, grip, monkey foot, exactly. right? Exactly. They love those things. And they'll, they'll tend to remember them a lot longer. Yes. All right. So we've got show the technique. We've got teach the technique. We have errors of the technique. And then next up is dissect it, which is really where you're going to go step by step by step by step. And this particular aspect is kind of a more bullet pointed version of teach, right? So teaching in the stat eye, you know, especially the first couple of steps, the, the teaching portion is, is going to take the, the majority of the time. When you dissect it, it's step one, grab here, step two, grab here, step three, take a step here, right? And you're bullet pointing it. And the reason why we do this is because what we don't want is when we're teaching this class it to feel like a lecture, right? Communication is a two-way street and oftentimes it's just the instructor talking to the student. Mm -hmm. There's no engagement going back and forth and we know that if we can get them to repeat the steps, we can get them to repeat the power words, we can get them involved, it's going to stick more, right? So the D is we dissect it and, and we just do that by step one is this, step two is this, step three is this. And for me, I know what's important with that is if I were to dissect a technique and it takes me eight bullet points, that's too many steps for a kid. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we tend to try not to, there shouldn't never be more than four. Yeah. Cause just, I mean, it, well, I mean, you can get away with that. With Depending on the age group, kids, right? Yeah. Like your, your three and four year olds, you better, that better be three to four steps. Exactly. Uh, so, so yeah. You find yourself going through that dissection portion and you're like, hey, just, uh, we need to somehow another hone that in or, or you know, to simplify. Yeah. Great point. So after the dissect, then the next E instead I is engage. And this is where we're engaging our students in conversation. And what I love about this is if you're consistent with it, which if you have a system, it's really only a system if you're consistent with it, right? Is the kids know that you are going to call out on them to have them repeat what step is next. So I might say, Johnny, let's kick us off. Give me step one. And he says, all right, you know, grab the lapel. All right, Sarah, what's step two? She says, okay, you know, I'm going to grab the sleeve. And because they know that there's a chance that they're going to get called on, you typically have better focus and better engagement with the students. Yep. It also gives them an opportunity to spotlight themselves, right? 
So the D or the the next E in steady is engaging, and you're just going to go around and you know one of the things that I think most instructors do is they they call on the kids that they are kind of the ones that are always participating, right? We all have those kids, like no matter what, always the hand up, right? And this is an opportunity for you to call out maybe some of the more shy kids, mm -hmm. which ultimately helps them build their confidence because they're having to speak out in front of their well, students. Going back to something I think we spoke at in, a, in a different podcast was how do we show value to parents? How are you... How are you showing discipline and respect and all these things? We're confidence. Not, yeah, and com right. yeah, we're yeah. showing it because we're calling out to them to see if they're paying attention. And when they respond and they know the answer, we're giving them loud hand claps. We're highlighting that and spotlighting that, right? Okay. Once we're at the engage stage, that's pretty much where the you know portion of the teaching is is kind of done. And, and the next, can I say one thing? Sorry. Yeah, I think what's really important if you if you think about this, we just went through five steps. Yep. That means that child has saw this technique five times. Yeah, but in much different ways. Exactly, which I think is super important because one, it's good for the instructor because it just breaks it up. But you're also meeting a child where they need to be met because everyone learns differently. You know, some people see it, some people hear it. You know, because oftentimes even when we show it, repeat after me, and we'll say the name of the technique. Exactly, repeat after me. So this gives you the opportunity to show it in, a, you know, in any martial art. Disguising repetition is one of the hardest things you can do. You know, you do the same thing over and over and over by doing it five different ways. It helps with that. Love it. Great point. So once we're done with show, teach, errors, dissect, and engage, now we're going to partner the students up. And we could do an entire podcast episode yeah. on best practices for partnering kids up. We're going to skip that for now. But this why portion, I think if there's anything you take away from this podcast, it's got to be the why. Mm -hmm. And it's yielding instruction. And what typically happens, this happens in Definitely kids classes, but it also happens in adult classes. The instructor shows the technique, goes through it a few times, say, all right, guys, go partner up and start working on the technique. They get a partner, and then all of a sudden they... They're looking at... The they're looking at the other group because they forgot what the first step was. Yeah. So what yielding instruction is, is it's basically on-command teaching. It's having everybody in the class perform step one together and not moving on to the next step until they've all completed it. And this idea really came from doing forms in Taekwondo. So when your instructor is teaching a form and they might say, all right, you're going to chamber your arm, left arm on top. And they say, all right, everybody chamber your arm, right? Or wrap your arm. They're not going to go on to the next technique until they've assessed that every student has this position properly. And then they'll say, okay, go ahead and down block. Boom, and you down block. And it's that same step-by-step, step, I'm going to tell you this portion of the technique, and then you're going to do it. And I think what might you know people might say is like, oh, that's time-consuming. Yeah, you know what else is time-consuming? Having to bounce from this group to this group to this group to this group, saying the same thing over and over again 20 different times. Just do it for everybody. So yielding the instructions, and the way you yield the instructions was how you dissected the technique. So the step one that you said... That's what you're going to have everybody do. I think do. one of the things that shows value, and well, at least shows that you have control of the class, that it looks organized, it looks professional, is that when a parent's looking out there and every kid, every exactly. set of kids is doing the same thing at the on same command, time. Yep. they're listening to the instructor and they're following the steps, that's, that's money right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great point. So yielding instructions is so important. We yield 
the instructions about two to three times, depending on how difficult the technique is. We do it for one partner, then we have the other partner do it, and then we put on a, a timer. I'm a very big fan, and this could be another, you know, another like class management podcast that we could do of using timers with kids as opposed to saying do three for three or four for oh, yeah. four because the kids forget what number they're on. And then an argument ensues, right? So we yield instructions three times for one partner. We yield instructions three times for the other partner. And then the first partner gets two to three minutes to rep it out. And then they switch spots. Second partner gets two to three minutes to rep it out. The last and final portion of STEDI is ending the drill. And I got to be honest, there's some classes where I skip this step. I shouldn't. I think, you know, sometimes you just you want to get to drilling, you want to get to the other portion, but it is very important to end the drill because what I love about ending the drill is it gives you an opportunity to highlight and spotlight the students that did really well. So we bring them back to wherever the lesson was. We, we you know, use semicircles around our logo. We had our mat specifically created in a way that we knew would help with class management. And I know you guys did as well when you guys got to build out your facility. And we end the technique by saying, these are some of the things that we saw that went really well. These are some of the areas where we think people still need some improvement. And let's go ahead and have Johnny come out. Johnny, why don't you go ahead and show everybody in the class how you did your bump sweep because you did such a great job. Johnny comes up. He does the bump sweep. We give him two loud hand claps. What do you think Johnny's going to talk about at the dinner table that night? He's going to talk about how Coach Chris called him out and he got to, you know, got to show the technique. So ending the lesson is is very important and uh, it's the final step of STEDI. Yep. Yeah. So show the technique, teach the technique, errors of the technique, dissect the technique, engage your students, yield instructions. Guys, that is the number one thing you got to be doing. And then finally, ending the technique. And if you... Implement anything from the kids BJJ Made Easy platform. This is what you want to implement. This is the the lever that you should be pulling. And uh, I know literally thousands of jujitsu schools have implemented this because it's a you know it's something that we've given away before. I think that this one thing is going to be the thing that's going to take your program from looking like this haphazard looking chaotic, chaotic mess, mess, right? That BJJ kids BJJ. Uh, classes look like to a professional, well-run, well-oiled machine yes. class. Yeah, and if you want access to the full course on exactly how to teach this with video examples, you can check it out at the Kids BJJ Made Easy online platform. Talk to you guys soon.